What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. Nothing compares to What a beautiful name. What a beautiful name. somebody put those hands together give God some praise it is the last Sunday of the month of May lift up your voice and say Lord I am that one that you have favored I am that one that you have remembered I am that one that you have forgiven his sins her sins I am that one that you have called I am that one that your mercies have followed I am that one that you have planted in you Lift up your voice and somebody give God all the praise. Give God all the glory. Come on, lift it up. Can you wave your hand to the Lord? If you can sing this song, sing it. Wave your hand in appreciation to all that the Lord has done for you. I don't know about you. I'm singing my story. If you know where I'm coming from, if you know what I've gone through, and if you know how the enemy wanted to check me out, you understand why I'm singing this song. The whole of the week, I've been singing this song. The whole week. The whole week. 
Father of all grace and mercies, good God, you are merciful, Father, you are.
gracious king you are ever loving God you are forgiving the iniquities of your sons and daughters remembering us O Lord every now and then keeping an eagle eye over us bearing us up on your wings that we dash not our foot against any stone Lord if you have brought us all the way from the beginning of the month of May to the last Sunday of the month of May we will not be ungrateful. We lift up our voices and together we say thank you. Somebody say thank you. Lord, together we say glory be unto your name. Together we say hallelujah be to you. For if it were not you, what would we have been? And where would we have been? And what would have been our story? The other day the psalmist wrote and said if it had not been for the lord who was on our side let israel say holy hill chapel tennessee if it had not been for the lord who was on our side let us see when the enemy wanted to swallow us up when the rivers that consume passed by but the lord preserved and protected us we say thank you oh lord say glory be unto your name we say all honor be unto you. Yes, we say all praise be unto your name. Yes, Looking and hearing at all the testimonies. You are the doer of them. Yes. Lord, anywhere that was confirmed, it is you that did it. You just used the vessel, but you confirmed it. Because without you, it would just have been noise. It would have been wasted speech. We thank you for the sound doctrine. We thank you for the interpretation of the scriptures. Bible said that for the time cometh when they will not give ear to sound doctrine they will be walking around with itchy ears our Lord you have favored us so we say you've been so so good to me take your seat in heavenly places you've been so so good to me to our heart bless the dissemination of it grant us a hearing ear an understanding mind and a receiving heart we arrest the spirit of doubt the spirit of misinterpretation and misunderstanding the spirit of doubt the spirit of disbelief the spirit of familiarity we arrest them and we cast them into the abyss the spirit of tiredness or sleep in Jesus name the spirits that torment men in their minds so that their mind cannot receive the doctrine of the Lord the spirit of pride that causes people to feel 
that the word is an attack on them. But Lord, we ask that you minister to us. Please set me aside and only use this vessel and let the treasure that you have placed in this earthen vessel be a blessing unto the audience and this same vessel. Jesus, blessed and mighty name. Somebody believe with me and say a believing amen. Put those hands together for the Lord Jesus. God bless you. I'm excited, very excited about having you here today. And um, last Friday was awesome. It was awesome. I want you to note, I told you to note that day on your calendar because something has happened. Hallelujah. And we came in this morning and the overflow and the residue is still working through. First service, I couldn't preach a word. It was, it, the Holy Ghost just took over. Hallelujah. It will be on the podcast. And so I will love you to flow through the same atmosphere. Through the 14 days, you can set it when you are praying on your own. It was such a powerful period of ministration that the Holy Ghost took over by spontaneous Holy Ghostic songs that blessed us. Amen. And that brought glory unto God. Now, please remember that God willing from this coming Thursday, okay, which is the 1st of June, we'll be embarking on our 14 days prayers and fasting. Yeah. I want you to partake in it. You see, I want you to participate. I want you to be part and parcel of it. You know, last week, Sunday, I said something. I said that we didn't work for salvation. But then, there is responsibility in salvation. Salvation is not irresponsible. So, there is responsibility in salvation. And so, we got to, we got to take up our responsible role. And sometimes, the things that we do in the church or the things that we do in God brings us to a place of responsibility. Hallelujah. All right. Today, I will, so it will be from the first, which is um, Thursday. But of course, you know that our Wednesdays are already established covenant days of fasting that we have with the Lord. So basically, we're going to do like 15 days, right? From that Wednesday. And you know, it is a very prophetic number. Amen. Don't be sad or, or, or tired when we talk about fasting. It is for us. Listen, there is nothing that the Lord will tell us to do that is for him. Everything that the Lord tells us to do is for us. It's for our good. Anything in the scriptures that the Lord will, has enshrined, it is for our good. Amen. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to stretch forward your hand to somebody. Welcome somebody in the house and then find out how they did in the course of the week in Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Amen. Come on, do that for me. Do that for me. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Did you find out how somebody is doing? Put those hands together for the Lord Jesus. All right. So today, what is the very quick message that the Lord is giving us? It is, the title is Grace for Readiness. Grace for Readiness. Now, so this is the second part of what we started last Sunday. Last Sunday, we were talking about be ye ready, right? Now, so there is something that the Lord added, which I am completing. And please, if you didn't partake in the um, transaction on 
preparing to meet your God, which had to do with the eschatology, the teaching of the end time that we did, please, I'm craving your indulgence. Go on the podcast or on our live stream. And then, because we have all our messages there, and then listen, it is important you become knowledgeable about the rapture. You see, you must know the times and the seasons in which we are. We are in times and seasons. You must know one of the things that will make us ready and keep us ready is our knowledge of the times and the seasons. What did, what did Isaiah 33 verse 6 say? In Isaiah 33 and verse number 6, if somebody needs a notebook, they can give you a notebook if you want to take notes or whatever. We got some notebooks at the back of the... Now, Isaiah 33 verse 6, it says that wisdom and knowledge, you see, we got to know the times in season and the season in which we are so that we can be ready. And he says that it is wisdom and knowledge that shall be the stability of your times. In other words, there shall be a lot of rocking. There will be many issues. Jesus said that in the last days, perilous times and terrible times shall come. So the, the faith of many will, will be shaken. And the, the love of many, Jesus said, the love of many will wax cold. It means that people's, people's walk with the Lord will be shaky and then, you know, it will be buffeted by the enemy. Because the enemy knows that it is the last days and you want to check many people out of readiness. So, it is going to be very terrific and then very serious. And then, the Lord said, in order for you and I to be stable. You see, sometimes when you see these ship, ships and then boats and big, big, big vessels on the sea. You know, you may see them as very, very big. But in the middle of the blue ocean, when the ocean becomes angry, it is like a toy in the hands of children. It's like a leaf flying in the air. You see? Now, when the ship is being rocked like that, sometimes it can even capsize. Sometimes many things can happen to it. Now, it can even sink. Sometimes they have to offload some of the cargo in order to get... But there is one thing that will keep it stable. It is called the anchor. Okay? Now, when they drop the anchor, how many of you have seen the picture of an anchor before? Let me see your hand up. Yeah. When they drop the anchor, now, the anchor will not stop the sea from being rageous. Or the anchor will not stop the sea from being angry. But the anchor will make the, the ship or the boat or the canoe stable in the midst of the anger. Now, in the midst of the turmoil and in the midst of the trouble and in the midst of all that is happening in these end times, one of the things that will become the anchor of our stability is wisdom and knowledge. Yeah. That is why Bible says in the last days, many will not give ear to sound doctrine. Yeah. So that they can just be moved. So Bible says that they'll be moved to and fro at the waves. You know, there is a, 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 a new doctrine here. They'll be following it. And Paul said that if anybody arises after my departure, Paul was leaving a message, a farewell message. He said, if anybody arises after my departure and preaches any message contrary to that which we have preached, let the person be accursed. Because many people will divert many people from. So it is important, please, try and then go on the podcast, listen to the series on the series on the rapture, the series on the second coming of Christ, the series on getting prepared to meet your God. Now, so last Sunday, we started talking about be ye ready. Be ye ready. Don't get ready. Be ready. Don't get ready. 
be ready. Hallelujah. We don't get ready in an exam hall. We are what? Ready. You don't appear in the exam hall now that they should give you a, re a revision note. Please, what did you read? Can you share with me? You will even be confused. That's why if you are going to write an exam and you are not so concentrated in what you learned, don't go there and start asking people. You fail. Because one thing, the person will tell you, oh, I read about photosynthesis. This, hey, I didn't read photosynthesis. Now what you have read will start diluting from this side. This one said, I read about stars. Hey, I had a dream. I should have read. You will fail. Now even your, the one that you have read, you forget it. Because we don't get prepared in an exam room. We get there already prepared. So, the Lord is saying that, don't get ready. Be ready. Praise the name of Jesus. And we said that, in order for us to be ready, now, and we said that, I'm just giving a few points because it's a continuation of last Sunday's message. Now, we said that, we have to be ready because, number one, nobody knows the time, right? And the hour. Nobody knows the time and the hour. In case you were not here last Sunday, you can put these few scriptures that were probably not part of last Sunday's or you can update your scriptural bank. We are to be ready because no one knows the hour, no one knows the time, no one knows the day. Matthew 24 verse 44. Number two, we are supposed to be ready. These are just refreshes. Now, therefore, be also ready for in such an hour as you think not. The Son of Man cometh, he will come. So, we know that he is coming, but then we don't know the hour, we don't know the time, we don't know the moment. Now, please, remember once again, last Sunday I said that the message of Jesus can be categorized into twofold. The first one was on repentance. And the second one was on be ready. The first one on repentance was not to, it was not to believers. It was to unbelievers. And then the one of readiness was to the church. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, so Jesus spoke more, more to the church on readiness and spoke to the world about repentance. Because you got to be, you got to repent before you can even be ready. You must be admitted into the school before we can tell you your classroom. Praise the name of Jesus. You are not in the school. You can't write an exam. You must be admitted first. So you must repent. So that was the two messages that Jesus, his life was preaching. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. And then when we came into the kingdom, he said, be ye ready for you know not the time that the son of man shall come. Hallelujah. And so we must be ready. Number two, because the day and time will be sudden as a thief. It will come as a thief. Number one, no man knows the hour, no man knows the time, no one knows the day. But it will happen. Number two, the day, the time, and the moment will be so sudden. Bible says, in a twinkle of an eye. So you got to be ready. Praise the name of Jesus. And number three, the reason why the Lord will have us be ready is because your state at the sounding of the trumpet will determine your readability. Your readability is a product of your state at the sounding of the trumpet. And also, I'll give you a scripture in Ezekiel 33, verse 11 to 16. You see, staying ready, Jesus specifically gave a certain parable in the book of Luke chapter 19. And from Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, Jesus, but I'll be reading verse 
Okay, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save which, that which is lost. Verse 11. I'm reading. I need verse 13. So he said, verse 11 says that, and as they heard these things, he added and spoke a parable because he was near unto Jerusalem, meaning that he was near unto his death because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Now, this was what I was talking about, that 1,000-year reignship of Jesus when we were doing um, the, after the rapture and all that. Now, verse 12, he said, and he called, look at, and he said, a certain noble man went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Now, this message was to the disciples. Jesus was talking to the disciples. Remember, the messages to the disciples was about what? Was about being ready. So, this message, see how it is. And he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Verse 13 says, and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds. And he said unto them, occupy till I come. Tell somebody, occupy till I come. Occupy till I come means be ready till I come. Maintain until I come. And this is the kingdom. This is what Jesus is saying. So, when we were called into the kingdom, certain things have been delivered unto us. And the Lord said, occupy till I come. In other words, be ready until I show up. Praise the name of Jesus. Occupy till I come. Now, do you know that the greatest problem of humanity is our ability to maintain or ability to occupy. You can write it. All through life, the greatest challenge of humanity is maintenance. Anything that, anything, when we do not occupy, it means that we are not maintaining. Occupy till I come means maintain, maintain, hold on to it, keep it until I come. Be ready. What you have received, be ready till I come. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, in Genesis chapter 2, when you read Genesis chapter 2, the reason why Adam and Eve lost it was because they couldn't keep it. They couldn't maintain it. What was the, a very simple instruction that the Lord gave unto man? Genesis chapter 2 and then look at verse number 15. Bible said that the Lord God planted a garden eastward and he put the man whom he had formed in there. And the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden with one simple instruction. Somebody say, dress it and keep it. Occupy till I come. Maintain until I show up. Anything that you cannot dress, you can't keep. Anything that you cannot maintain, it can never be yours. Anything that you cannot be ready with, it cannot be yours. So here, Jesus was telling us a very important thing and telling us that we got to occupy till he comes. Be ye therefore ready. Now, why was he so emphatic on us occupying till he comes? Because narrow is the way. Don't think, listen, 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 listen. All these things that we are teaching and specifically what we learned last Sunday about being ready. And we know that to be ready, you got to be a faithful and a wise servant, right? I will just refresh it for you, no problem. Now, and I gave you what it takes to be faithful and wise. Now, it is not on a bed of roses, oh. No, why? Because narrow, look at how Jesus put it. Narrow is the way. Narrow is the way. So we must understand certain things that can help us to keep in this narrow way. 
One day, Jesus preached a certain message. Amen. He preached and preached and preached. And then a young man came to him. Now, when the young man came to him, he was a rich man. He said, Master, the way you are talking about heaven, the way you are talking about this, I want to be there. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And then Jesus said unto you, you can write the story. The, the story is in, um, um, let's say, in Luke chapter 13, I believe. And then, um, no, 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 it's not in Luke chapter 13. It is in, um, I wrote that scripture here. Let me give it to you quickly. And then, I, it is in Matthew chapter 19. When you read from 16 to 26, so you can write it. Now, Jesus preached a very powerful message. Then the young man came. He said, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And now Jesus started speaking. He said, go and fulfill the Ten Commandments. And then the young man said, Master, all my life I have been dedicated unto it. Then Jesus looked at him and then he said, go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and come and follow me. And, uh, and then you have, and Bible said that the guy left sad. And then Jesus now looked at the disciples and Jesus said to them, he said, it will be difficult for the rich. Now, he wasn't talking about rich in substance. He was, yes, because many people are deceived in their mind. People think that when you are blessed materially, it means that you have missed it. Now, if you are, if you are, listen, there are people who are very poor, but they have missed it. And there are people, Abraham was rich. He made it. Lazarus was poor. He made it. It is your choice. You can decide. But me, I decide that I'll be rich. And my riches will not take me from. Because, you see, <laughs> there are some people, if they get $1,000 today, $1,000 will let them stay home. They won't come to church. God can't trust you. Praise the name of Jesus. Brother, why didn't you show up in church? Man of God, I was celebrating in the bedroom. Said, why? Somebody give me $1,000. That is your cup. You will never grow. Big. In fact, they will even reduce you. Praise the name of Jesus. You see, the guy, the guy, it wasn't because of his riches. No. It was because the riches had consumed him. Listen, there are people who use things. There are people things use them. That is the difference between the two. So if the Lord can give you things and the things will not manage you, the things will not stop you. And they, the first time I bought my first car, man of God, I didn't sleep in the bedroom. I slept in that car overnight under a mango tree. The car managed me. Afterwards, I said, hey, if I allow these things to manage me, that will be my end. There are people that things manage them. Money can manage them. Fame can manage them. Many things. So the Lord doesn't bring it to them because the Lord, the Lord doesn't want the things to control you. The Lord wants you to control the things. So the reason why the Lord said that it will be difficult for the rich to enter is because the, and he was talking about the rich in terms of those who have allowed things to control them. So now it is not God that is directing their lives. It is not they that are controlling the things that God has brought to them. Please, are you getting the difference? Hallelujah. So, and then Jesus said, it will be difficult. That is when you read from verse 23. Look at 23 to 24. And then Jesus said unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of God, of heaven. 
And again, I say unto you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Can I explain this scripture? Now, Elder, the eye of the needle, you know, we have the needle that we used to sew. Now, many people think that it is that needle that Jesus was talking about. No, I think I've explained it here before. Now, the eye of the needle is, in those days, when they built a city, now watch me very well, when they built a city, it's like, let's say this is a whole city, okay, and then they will wall it because they have to ward off intruders and they have to defend the city. Now, they will always make a little opening, sometimes a very small opening that a man can squeeze himself through, okay? Now, they called it the needle, the eye of the needle. It doesn't mean the literal eye of the needle. Now, so when they get there, if you, 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 you come and then you go to the entrance of the gate and the gate is shut, let's say they are asleep, the only way out is to use the eye of the needle, okay? It was like a small window. Now, they may not be able to open the whole gate in the middle of the night. Now, so if you came with a donkey, you will leave the donkey outside. Because the donkey can't enter through the eye of the needle. Do you, do you get it? So Jesus was saying that in the same way that even though you may have a valuable asset like a donkey, you cannot push it through the eye of the needle. That is how a person who allows his valuables, he cannot leave his valuables at the outside of the city and go through the eye and want to go through the eye of the needle where his valuables can't make it. Are you getting it? So Jesus was saying that it will be difficult for somebody who allows things to control them to go through the eye of the needle. In other words, to go through the straight gate to make it. And then look at what the disciples said. Then the disciples came to him in verse 25. And they said, when the disciples, when the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed. And then they said, Lord, who then can be saved? So sometimes the things that the Lord will tell us that makes us ready. Like we studied on Sunday. Sometimes you ask yourself, hey, this will be difficult too. And Jesus answered them. The next verse, Jesus said, indeed, indeed with men. That means with your intention and with your determination. With all your abilities inside of you put together, it is not possible. But then, when you depend on God, with God, with God means dependency on God, it is possible. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding up to this point? So, how do we depend on God? And we depend on God or we gain the strength from God to be able to meet it by what is called the grace for readiness. Praise the name of Jesus. The grace for readiness. Jesus said unto them. He said when you are with human strength. When you are with human strategy. When you are with human schemes. You cannot make it. You can't make it. However, when you subscribe to God's way. His parameters. His route. You will be able to stay ready. The rich guy, I want to read something that I wrote here. The rich guy, he was loaded with determination. He was like, Lord, I want to have eternal life. I am loaded with determination. I am loaded with ability. I have what it takes. Depending on his ability, he realized that determination alone couldn't help him. So what is this God's way? 
Somebody say, it is called the way of God's grace. Can you help me say to another person, the way of God's grace. Let's read these few scriptures. Apostle Paul, who became very prominent to the point that in 2 Timothy chapter, chapter 4, verse 7 to 8, look at what he said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 to 8. He said, I have, I have, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. How was Paul able to finish the course? How was Paul able to stay ready? He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have even kept the faith. The enemy came after my faith, but I kept it. He said, give me the next verse. He said, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. With the Lord, the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not only to me, but also to everyone that loveth his appearing. Look at verse number 9. The next verse. And then he said, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Now, how was Paul able to commit and say with all assurity and with all guarantee that he has kept the faith? How was he able to say that I have remained ready? You see, how will we be able to occupy till he comes? How will we be able to say that, Lord, when he appears, we will not be ashamed and we'll be able to say that, Lord, indeed, you gave me five pounds. I have added five pounds more to it. How will we be able to be ready when the trumpet sounds and there will be rap trouble? We gave some points last Sunday, but all those points cannot come to pass except we have this thing called God's grace. Now, it was the secret of Apostle Paul. Can we read a scripture in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 9 to 10? 1 Corinthians 15 and 9 to 10. And this is what he said. He said, I am the least, I am the least of the apostles. I am not even me to be called an apostle because of the things that I did against the church. And then in verse number 10, he said, because I persecuted the church. But by the grace that, by the grace of God, I am what I am. So Paul said, I have run the race, I have finished the fight, I have kept the faith, not because I was intentional, not because I was so morally good, not because I had everything in place, not because the way was big, because Jesus said, straight is the way, narrow is the way, and anything that is narrow, it is difficult to walk on. Narrow is the way, but how did Paul make it? He said, but by the grace of God. Somebody say by the grace of God. I am what I am. And then he said, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they or yet not I. But the grace of God which is upon me. What is this grace of God that will make us able ministers to be ready? Now I gave a definition over here. You remember the points I gave you last Sunday, right? About how, about how to be a wise and a, um, um, a faithful servant. Right? Okay. So let's go on because I don't have that time to revisit it. And moreover, it is on the podcast. Amen. So what is this grace that will make us be able to stay ready by being faithful and wise st- servants? Now, the grace of God... To make us ready is that unmerited 
supernatural enablement. And I'll explain it. But if you are writing, I want you to write it like this. The unmerited supernatural enablement. Okay? is an unmerited supernatural enablement that enables us to live the God kind of life in the flesh. So, unmerited supernatural enablement of God which when given to us, it enables us to live the God life in the flesh. Here we are in the flesh. But then we got to live this God life in the flesh in order to remain ready. And Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 verse 17, he said, the flesh fights against the spirit. In other words, it is not easy to live the God kind of life in this flesh except something comes upon you. And Paul is saying that it is that grace of God. So when the grace of God comes upon a person, like the Lord spoke to, like the Lord spoke to Paul, he said, my grace is sufficient for you. It means that it gives you some enablement, supernatural enablement, and it makes you live the God kind of life in the flesh. It makes you ready. It makes me ready. Say, Lord, please release your grace for readiness in my life. Praise the name of Jesus. The grace of God gives us the strength to win the battles against the flesh that fights the kind of life that God wants us to live. The grace of God. The grace of God. Galatians 2 20 verse 20 20 to 21. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 to 21. He says that for, look at that, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. You see, and the life which I now live, very powerful, the life which I now live in the flesh. So you are in the flesh, but you must not live the life of the flesh. You must live the God kind of life in this flesh. But we were told that the flesh fights against the spirit. So this is this container. Okay, this is the container. Now I am inside this container. I must live the God kind of life to be ready. But this body is fighting that God kind of life. That is what Paul is saying that he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I am alive. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. So there is something which is called the grace of God through Christ, which when it is upon a person, it enables you to live the God kind of life in the flesh. Can I give a certain example? When somebody, it may not be, but it is, it is more understandable. When somebody is under the influence of alcohol, the person operates, but the person doesn't operate with his normal life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes the person can throw up, the, the person can do many, many. One day a man went home under the influence of alcohol. His wife had prepared powerful, sumptuous meal. The meal, oh Jesus Christ. Can I share this example? The meal was sitting there. Unfortunately, the baby had pooped. I won't describe it into details. But the man ended up eating not the food, but he ended up eating something. Because it is a true story. Because he was under the influence of something that made him live another life in this body. So when this power called the grace of God comes.
comes upon a person, it enables you to live the God kind of life in this flesh. Hallelujah. Did you understand that one? Come on, give a clap unto the Lord. Now, this grace is what made Paul able to live and then fulfill and able to say that I have fought a good fight, I have run the race, and now it's remaining for me the crown. If we want to be able to be faithful and wise servants, which is the criteria for remaining ready, then ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand this concept of grace and understand how to acquire it. Now, I want to quickly for my time, I want to talk about how do I secure this grace for readiness? And I'll give you four points and then we are done. How? How do I secure this grace for readiness? Because it is the most important thing. He said, my grace is sufficient for you. It is the enablement that when it comes upon you, it will help you and I. When the flesh is telling you, slumber, sleep, because the master is not coming. He is delaying in his coming. That evil servant, he said, my master delayed in his coming. He is not coming any moment now. He is not coming any sooner. At least not today. At least not tomorrow. He kept on, kept on. And Bible said that his master came at the time that he was not aware. But if he had the grace of God upon him, with or without that concept of whether his master is coming or not, he would have remained ready. Praise the name of Jesus. So, how do I secure this grace? By the way, understand that this grace is through Jesus Christ. John chapter 1. And let's read verse 14 to 17. This grace is embedded, it is embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. He is a carrier of grace. He is the dispenser of grace. He is the giver of grace. And the word was made flesh. Look at that. And dwelt amongst us. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father. Full of grace. You see. And full of truth. Verse 15. John bear witness of him. And Christ saying. This was he whom I spoke. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. He was before me. Verse 16 and 17. And of his fullness have we all received. And grace for grace. Somebody say grace for grace. And 17 says that, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So this enablement that will make us ready is through Jesus. It is called grace, but this grace is through Jesus. One day Jesus told us something in John chapter 15. In John chapter 15 from verse number 4, 5 and 7. He said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. So we cannot remain ready outside him. We can only remain ready whilst we are inside him. We can only remain we, we can only remain ready because in him we live and we move and we have our being. As Acts chapter 17 verse 28 says. He said abide in me. Praise the name of Jesus. So, how do we secure this grace which is embodied in Jesus Christ? Now, we secure it through fellowship. We secure it through fellowship. Jesus is full of grace. So, how do you secure it in him? 
through fellowship with him. Amen. Is it not very fast and simple? The water is full of salt. How do you become salty? It's a very simple question. The water is colored. How do I become the color of that water? Fellowship with the water. Jump in. Praise the name of Jesus. So, please write. The answer is fellowship with Jesus or fellowship through Jesus. And I'm going to tell you how to fellowship with Jesus in these four points. Number one, fellowship with Jesus through the word. It will make you ready. Staying in the word will make you ready. Fellowship through Jesus with the word will make you ready. Act 20, 32. Act 20, 32. And now, brethren, very beautiful scripture. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. So the word of God is embedded and loaded with grace as you fellowship with the word. You fellowship with grace. As you stay in the word, you stay in grace. One day, one day, one day Moses came into the presence of the Lord and stayed there for 40 days. When he came, the people couldn't see his face. Now, when he was coming, he was coming with the word of the Lord. The Lord had given him the law. He had given him a word. So, the Lord spoke to him. As the Lord was speaking to him, his countenance changed. He became more empowered. He became... When he came, the things that the people were doing, he was even, it was distasteful to him. He abhorred it. He broke down their altar. Why? Because he has contacted grace through staying in the presence of the Lord. So the thing that others were pursuing and thought was good, the lifestyle that others were pursuing and thought was good, he saw it and it was distasteful to him. If he was there, probably he would have been part of the, the issue. But when he stayed in the word, you see, when you have fellowship with the word, what the word does is that it washes you. Now, do you know that when a dress is dirty and more death comes upon it, you will see the new death. Right? The new death. The new death. Like, it's like uh, the, the dress itself is, is, is dirty. Now, when something else comes in, you won't even notice it. But when the dress is clean, and then anything comes on. Immediately you identify it. So when we stay in the word, the word washes us. So that we are consciously and all the time being cleansed and being purged. And working our salvation with fear and trembling. I pray for somebody this morning and this afternoon. Wherever you are listening from. The Lord give you the grace through the word. He said, I commend you to God and to the word. Look at that. The word of his grace, which is able to build you up. It is able to make us ready. Staying in the word gives you the power to live the God kind of life in this flesh. Staying in the word. Fellowship with the word. That is why in this house, every month we have a book that we read. And next month, of course this month we are ending in Revelation. But then next month we are reading First Samuel. First Samuel. The book of First Samuel. Every day try and then read a scripture. Something will break loose in your life. Hallelujah. The scripture changes. He said, the word of grace, which is able to build you up, and not only build you up, it also gives you inheritance amongst all them that are sanctified. Your inheritance is locked up in the word. Bible says in Revelation chapter 5, he said that, and there was tears in heaven. Why? Because the scrolls were, the scrolls were sealed. And nobody could open it. 
But then he said, and because of that, there was tears. But then when the scrolls were open, I heard a voice and he said, weep not again. For the scrolls have been opened. Why? Because the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world has prevailed to open it. When the scrolls are open, when the Bible is open, when the word of God is open, the tears of men ceases. Yeah. Sometimes the answer is inside. But because we are not opening it, we are not able to get the inheritance it must give us. And we are crying and crying and crying. The story is said of a man who his son was graduating and then his son asked, he, he asked his son, he said, what do you want on your graduation? And the son said, daddy, I want you to buy me this car. And the, the father said, okay. So on the graduation day, the father bought him a Bible and then gave him the Bible as a parcel. Now, he took the Bible. He wasn't happy. He was very angry, but he didn't want to show it for respect. So he carried the Bible and then he went. Now, a week. He didn't say anything to the dad. The dad said, have you been reading the Bible? Didn't answer. One month, the father said, have you been reading the Bible? He said, yes. The father said, I've not been reading it. He said, I've been reading it. You know, out of respect. Three months. Six months. The father said, you have not been reading it. He said, ah, I need that. Then he confronted the father and said, I needed this and that and that. I told you. Now you have, you, you gave me a Bible. The father said, whatever you need is in the Bible. And he was still even the more angry. Six months, the father said, have you been reading it? He said, no, I'm working hard to store up money to buy the thing. And then disappoint you and surprise you for not giving me. The father said, everything with more than what you want is in the Bible. So one day, Somebody say one day. He had worked so hard and then he was robbed. He was on his way to go and buy and then he was robbed of the money. So now he broke down. And in an attempt to find solace, he said, let me go and read the Bible. Now he took the Bible, he opened it and there was a receipt and a note. The car that he wanted had been purchased with another check of $500,000 put inside. And then the father said, the father told the dealership, he said that, even though I've paid it, don't give it, I'll continue to pay, even if it must stay over there. I'll continue to pay until anytime my son brings this receipt. What the boy needed was in the Bible, but it was sealed. The day he opened it, his tears, tell somebody everything that you need is in the scriptures. Your healing is there. Your readability is there. So fellowship with the word. Because inside the word is grace. Hallelujah. Number two. How do we fellowship with Jesus? Number one, we fellowship with Jesus through the word. Number two, we fellowship with Jesus through the brethren. Through the brethren. The Lord will always manifest himself through others. Bible says, iron sharpens iron. Now, do you know that when we meet together in church like this, we are remaining ready. Now, look at what Bible said in Hebrews 10.25. That is why last Sunday, no, last Wednesday, I was telling you that church is not a group of people who don't know what to do. It is not a group of people who want to just appear for fellowship. We do something very spiritual. In 
Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. He said, do not forsake the assembling. Can you give it to me in NLT? And let me see how he started it. In NLT. He said, and let us not neglect our meeting together. As some people do. But encourage and warn each other. So when we meet together, we encourage each other. We warn each other. Especially now that the day of his coming back again is drawing here. So to remain ready. Fellowship in gatherings. Fellowship with the brethren. He said, when we do that, we encourage each other. We warn each other. Especially when we see that the day of his second coming is approaching. Fellowship brings us to a place of readability. Psalm 84 verse 7. In Psalm 84 verse 7, he said, they go from strength to strength. Every one of them that appears before God in Zion. Say today in the name of Jesus, I receive strength to go on and to remain ready. Number three, how do we fellowship with Jesus to receive the grace in him that makes us ready? Number three, through service in him. Through service in him. Through service in him. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. Through service in him. Wherefore, I was made a minister. Now, this is Paul speaking. So, this is one of his secrets that made him ready. He said, whereof I was made a minister. A minister means a server. I was made somebody who served. According to the gift of grace of God given unto me. So grace brings you to a place of service in him to make you ready. To make me ready. Say me a believing amen. You see, the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Verse 8. And in the verse number 8 he said. And unto me who am less than the least of all the saints is this grace given to me that I should preach among the, the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of God. So when we engage in active service for the Lord, it connects us to the grace which will make us ready. Galatians 2.21. Galatians 2.21. He said that. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God. What does it mean to frustrate it? So the Lord has empowered you, but you are not using it. So anything you must do as a result of the grace that has been given to you, which you are not using to do, you are frustrating the grace of God. It's like people who have very powerful mobile phones. But all, all that they use for is, hello, hi, bye-bye. Hello, hi. We must buy you, you know, 3310. Nokia 3310, because that is what you need. But you carry a very powerful phone. That phone, that iPhone 14, iPhone 13, iPhone whatever. It, that Android, it can do so many powerful things. Do you know that sometimes the things that people pay to go and do, they can do it on their phone. But lack of knowledge. Hallelujah. So, when, <laughs> praise the name of Jesus. When you don't serve in the Lord, active service in the Lord, you are frustrating the grace. Because the grace was given to us to serve, to do something for him. And finally, how do I fellowship in, with Jesus to subscribe to this grace in him? Through humility. We fellowship through humility. Let's read our last scripture from James chapter 4 verse 6. We fellowship through humility. He said, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he said, God resists the proud. 
You know, when we talk about a proud person, a proud person is somebody who cannot be, is somebody who is not teachable. Somebody that cannot be corrected. Somebody that cannot be reprimanded. Somebody that cannot take instructions. That is what pride means. When we say somebody is proud, the person is not teachable. The person is not correctable. The person cannot be instructed. And the person cannot receive reprimand or rebuke. Praise the name of Jesus. But when we talk about, look at that. He said, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he said, so God gives grace. But Bible said that he giveth more grace unto the humble. The person who will be able to receive correction. Listen, God will always and forever use human beings who are fallible to direct other human beings. Your ability to receive instructions, your ability to receive correction, your ability to receive teaching, your ability to receive rebuke and reprimand in the Lord without being offended shows that you are humble. Being humble is not walking with your hands at your back and say, please, please, please. That is not humility. There are people who are more proud in their heart, but you see them out. No, humility is when you are correctable. There are people you can't correct them. So there are some people, when you see that they are going down the drain, you just keep quiet. They must go and hit, and then the experience will teach them wisdom. But you see, experience, the best way of learning is through examples, not experience. Because sometimes when you go through experience, you won't recover seen somebody go this path and this was what ended. You don't say that I also want to go and see what is there. It is foolishness. Because for you, you may never come back. He was given the grace to return to tell you that, hey! There is a lion there. He said, let me go and see the lion. Maybe when you saw the lion, the lion was eating an antelope. So the lion was busy. By the time you got there, the the lion was done and ready for the next meal. You may never return. So, experience is not the best teacher. Examples are the wisest and best teachers. Yeah. When you hear the example of... That is why the Bible is a book of examples. When you see the examples of people, when you hear the examples of people, you let it stay in you and in your heart. And Bible says that he giveth more grace. So, the grace in Jesus to be ready comes through humility. When you are humble, the Lord... Gives more grace. Deuteronomy chapter 8, my last scripture. From verse number 1 downwards. All the commandments which I command you this day shall you observe to do that you may live, you may multiply, you may go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And verse 2 says that, and you shall remember all the way with the Lord thy God let thee this 40 years to humble you. To humble you. You see, now let's read and then see what he said. To humble you, to prove you. So anytime we remain humble, the Lord has proven our heart. To know what is in our heart. Whether we will keep his words or not. And then look at verse 3. He led you through the, he humbled you and suffered you to hunger. Fed you with manna. Which your fathers knew not. Neither did your fathers know. That he might make thee to know that man must not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. The next verse. Verse 4. He said, your raiment didn't was cold. Old on you. Neither did your foot swell. All these 40 years. Now, in this area, he was talking about the benefits of remaining humble. Remaining teachable. Remaining instructable. 
remaining correctable, remaining, you know, reprimandable, yet without offense in the Lord. And then he said, they didn't wax old on you all these 40 years. The next verse, you also consider that in your heart, that as a man chastened his son. So anytime there are instructions, anytime there are teachings and all that, and you are able to receive it, you see, and please, listen, the Lord can use, sometimes the Lord can use people that you don't even anticipate to correct you. And you must be able to know that it is the Lord that is doing it. Hallelujah. So the Lord, your God, chastens you. And then verse 6, we're reading to verse 8. Verse 6 says that, Therefore, you shall keep the commandment of the Lord and walk in his ways to fear him. 7. For the Lord, your God, this is it. Look at the end of somebody who remains humble in fellowship with the Lord. He said, for the Lord your God brings you into a good land. The reason why they didn't get to the good land was because they were not humble. They couldn't fellowship with God through humility. Everything that the Lord told them, they were not instructable. They were not teachable. They were not breakable. The Lord could not break them. One day, they rose up. They said, Moses, come. We were in our place enjoying our cucumbers and enjoying our onions and garlic and carrot. And he said, you are taking us to a promised land. And you brought us into this wilderness. You see, they could not receive instructions. And Bible says that a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of the valleys and hills. Finally, verse 8. He said, a land of wheat and barley, a land of oil, olive and honey, a land where there is no scarcity of bread. The Lord is bringing you to a place. It is the place of glory. A land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness. Look at that. That is your story. He said, you shall lack no anything good in that land. He said, the land, the stones of the land is even wealthy. It is made of iron. He said, and out of the hills you may dig brass. Ten. He said, when you have eaten and you are full, remember the Lord. These are the four ways that we subscribe to, the, to God's way of grace. Fellowship through the word. Fellowship through, number two, the brethren. Fellowship through service. And fellowship through humility. I want us to close our eyes. Amen. I want us to close our eyes. The Lord wants us to remain ready. To be ready, we got to be that faithful and wise servant. You can't be faithful and wise except you are connected to this grace of God. And the grace of God comes through these four ways. I want you to pray, Lord, please release your grace. Please release your grace for readiness. Please release your grace for readiness. Would you lift up your voice and pray that prayer? Lord, please release your grace for readiness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. Would you please put your hand on your heart and pray this prayer with me? Say, Father, the mighty name of Jesus, please help me with the grace to be ready and to remain ready for your coming in Jesus' name. Can you pray on that? Just pray on that for 30 seconds. Pray on that for 30 seconds. Pray on that for 30 seconds. Now, Father, you help us. 
in the name of Jesus. With your grace that will remain ready in the mighty and blessed name of Jesus. Give you praise. Give you glory. Alright. All eyes closed, brothers and sisters. In case you are here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, the first message of Jesus is for you. It is called repentance. What is repentance? Receiving the price. Redemption. Repentance into redemption. Receiving the price that has been paid on the cross so that you will be discharged of your payment plan. If you want to have a relationship with Jesus, I want you just to lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Wherever you are, you may be online, you may be in-house. You want to lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Turn our Father in Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Please help. Now, if your hand is lifted, say this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, with my heart, I believe you came to die to pay my price. With my mouth, I confess you as my Lord and my personal Savior. I am born again. Amen. Father, we thank you in Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Somebody put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Right. Now, the prayers and fasting will be on the prayer line, except we have service here. Amen. Now, today is, a, um, um, today is our first um, coin ministry day. Amen. Would you put that on the board for me? Now, what is the coin ministry? Now, please listen very well. Now, the coin ministry is, would you put that? Yeah. Okay, they will scroll. Now, look at John chapter 6 verse 12. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, look at the scripture. This, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragment that remain, that nothing be lost. The Lord is interested in multiplying. But when the Lord multiplies, he still wants us to bring him the fragment. Now, Luke chapter 19 verse 31. If anyone asks, why are you untying the, the, the coins? Why are you taking the piggy bank to? Say unto them, because the Lord has need of it. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, I want us to receive our offering. When we finish, then we will do the coin ministry. Now, what the coin ministry is going to do is that we will gather all the fragments and we will add it to our missionary fund and send it to our missionaries. So when you go to the shop and you buy, take the change, the leftover, the coins, take it, and then bring it for the coin ministry. To be done the last Sunday of every month. Hallelujah. And some of you have a lot of coins. Yeah. Praise the name of Jesus. So I brought my coins for the coin ministry. Now, but let's receive our offering first. The offering is going into the ministry. But the coins into the coin ministry will be added to our missionary fund and sent on missions and sent to our missionaries. Please, uh, finance team, take note of that. Amen. Now, Father, we thank you. Please look on the board and then this is our giving platform. So we are giving and then when we are done, then we will do the coin and then we will take our communion and then we will be done from here. Alright, so I want you to lift up if you brought an offering for the Lord, your tithe or whatever, 833, you can do by tightly by sending 833 
0809-859-4117. Or you can mail, you can write a check in the name of Holy Hill Chapel. Or you can look us out on PayPal at holyhilltn at gmail.com. Now, the number beneath is for Cash App and Zelle. The 720 number is for Cash App or Zelle. So if you are doing through Cash App or Zelle, now I want you to do that. Father, we thank you for the grace of giving. Please receive our offering. Jesus, blessed and mighty name. The ground is blessed. The seed is blessed. The harvest is guaranteed. Now, please do that quickly. Do, and then as they are doing that, do I have the young ladies with a coin basket? Mama Pat, please come. Mama Pat is the overseer of the coin ministry. Let's celebrate her. Now, so, yeah, you will be here. You will be here. And then, Courtney, you will be over there. Yeah. And then, Bishop, you will be at where uh, Minister Dorcas is. Yeah. And then, you will be at where uh, Frida is. Go. Frida, please lift up your hand. Uh-huh. Go and stand there. Now, this is what I want us to do. Have we finished giving? Have we finished giving? So, Mama, uh-huh. So, in case you have some coins in your car, you are permitted maybe within the next one and a half minutes, run and then go and bring it. Or after service, you can bring it. So, now, you want to lift up the coin. We have been announcing it over. Or after service, you can go and then bring it. It is going into missionaries. Yeah. We are adding it to our missionary fund. Every last Sunday of the month. So when you are coming, gather all the coins every last Sunday. Okay, I don't have coins, but I have cash. Please use any of these. So some of you, your giving today may appear twice. We will take the second one as for the coin ministry. Please, does it make sense? Yeah. Father, as we push missions and the work of missionaries through our fragments, let there never be season, let there be... let there never be a season of dryness in our lives because we are pushing the gospel outside our corridors and outside the boundaries of our country. Jesus, blessed and mighty name. Amen. Please come. Father, bless all these. Jesus' name. Now go around. Yeah. That one will make a lot of noise. So let, let me pour some in. I like the. Come back to you. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. Give and it shall come back to you. When you give, give to the Lord. Come on, say it. Give and it shall come back to you. Okay, those of you at the back there. Good measure, press down, shaking together, running over. Give and it shall come back to you. When you give, give to the Lord. God richly bless you. Are we done? All right. God bless you. Father, we bless the coin ministry and we declare that our fragments will be blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right. Let's take our communion quickly. The bread is blessed. Father, we bless the bread. 
We receive it as the communion of the, Lord, of the body of Christ. We receive the cup as the communion of the blood of Jesus. As we partake, as we eat, and as we drink, we decree and declare your blessings over us totally and completely. Jesus, blessed and mighty name. Amen. Let's eat and drink together. Is today our first time here? Can I see your hand if today is your first time? Today is your first time. Wow. Can I shake hands with you? Yes, ma'am. Oh, Holy Hill Chapel, Tennessee. Wow. Today is your first time. This is so awesome. Oh, we got more people coming. Wow. Oh. Come on, celebrate them. Is this not beautiful? Wow. You came with your wife. Oh, this is so good. Let's celebrate them. Oh, that's a handsome boy. My goodness. What's your name? Lucas. That's a beautiful name. God bless you. What's your name? Angie. Angie. Angie was brought by I know, right? God bless you as a husband. And you are? Matilda. Matilda. Matilda invited by Pastor Isaac. Hallelujah. Let's celebrate them. Now after service, I have a special message for you. So I'll meet you in my conference room with LP. I'm Shayna. Okay. God bless. Let's celebrate them, Holy Hill Chapel. Shall we be on our feet? The Lord bless and keep us. The Lord favor us. Our going out and our coming in. This week, it shall be good news. In Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Go from here with the confidence and assurance that in Christ Jesus, you are more than a conqueror. Let's share the grace of God together. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now. And forevermore, surely. All the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Let's take our prophetic declaration with long life, full of prosperity and sound health, shall you satisfy me and my household all the days of our lives. Amen.